Welcome to Her Take, a podcast by three friends sharing their take on just about anything. I'm Jackie. I'm Jen. And I'm Kira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Her Take, episode 53. It's wonderful to be here and wishing you a happy September. Very exciting. Summer is coming to a close. Um, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that I'm definitely ready for summer 2020 to be behind us and looking forward to the fall. Hopefully we'll be able to enjoy it as best as possible. So Here's hoping, and it's wonderful to be back for another episode. Um, As always, I'm joined by Kira and Jen. And as always, if you want to reach out to us and let us know how you uh, felt about this week's episode or have any comments or suggestions for us, you can reach out to us on Instagram at Her Take Podcast and on Twitter at Her Take Pod. So with that, I think we're going to get right into this week's episode um, for our weekly check-in. So I will turn it over to Kira to let us know how our week has been. Sure. Hi. Good morning. I'm still, it might not be morning when you're listening, but it's morning for me and I'm still waking up. So maybe my... Bright and early. Yeah, maybe I, this is like the first words coming out of my mouth. So (laughs) morning voice. Um, But anyway, cuddled up with some coffee. So very cozy, very nice pod recording vibes. Um, my week was good, just like kind of busy with work, feeling a little tired, but you know, nothing new, just the usual. I think my office is going to be reopening soon, which is just like crazy to me, but whatever, they're just reopening so people who want to go in can go in, but I don't think anybody wants to go in. Um, so I'm not going to go in. My boss keeps saying like, see you there. And I'm like, no, you won't, sir. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Um, I have to go out into the field tomorrow for like two hours. I barely do field work, but, um, a little adventure for me. So we'll see how that goes. And it's smoky. That's also been a big part of the week. It is smoky in California. So that's kind of sad. Oh, shoot. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. I, I feel like I'm probably missing something, but whatever. Nothing else going on. Yeah, great. I mean, definitely, I definitely feel how, I definitely see how it might feel a bit weird and you might feel a bit nervous about going out. But it also might be just a good opportunity to shake things up a little bit and sort of change up your regular routine. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Wishing you the best of luck with that. And I assume it's smoky because of the wildfires. I don't, are they that close to you or does the smoke just travel? Yeah, no, it's smoky because of the wildfires. Um, and it was doing a lot better. And then I don't know what happened. Like it just got much worse. Like thir- was it Thursday? I think it was Thursday or Friday. Um, that was like the highest I had seen it where it was, like, unhealthy for everybody to be outside. Like, it's been unhealthy for sensitive groups, but then it was unhealthy for everybody. Um, Yeah. 
But it's fine. Gosh. It actually seems better today. So it just means it's like being kind of gray every morning. And sometimes you can smell the smoke inside. Like it just smells kind of like a fire in the morning. But it's just like getting going up and down. I don't really know. It's not going to like come in the city. Like I think the city is going to be fine. It's sad for all the people who are like north of the city that have had to evacuate or south of the city. That stuff's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to hear about this because I have never lived anywhere but the East Coast or even really the Northeast. So just hearing about the wildfires on the news, of course, scary, but you're living there. And so it's interesting to hear how that's affecting your day to day life. And I'm hoping you stay safe. I'm hoping the fires don't come up to where you live. Um, but it's just crazy how things are different across the country, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super worried about it in the city just because I feel like that would be really bad if it made it to the city. So I feel mm-hmm. like it probably won't. Um, and my dad was like, the city probably can't burn the same way like a forest will, obviously. Um, right. But it definitely is like new to me. Like I experienced it last year with some of the smoke, but it's not something I'm like obviously used to so and it's interesting because like you already have to have a mask on outside and stay inside so uh that's helpful but also people evacuating I don't know where they're going and what that means for social distancing and stuff like obviously Mm -hmm. fire is scarier than well COVID's I'm pretty scary but fire is like you gotta run from it so Obviously, people have to evacuate mm-hmm. and maybe um, stay with family or something and be interesting to see how if that affects COVID. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I just think that we all, I think I speak for all of us saying that we just wish everyone well and hope that everyone continues to, to stay safe. Um, it's so easy to forget that in the midst of all of this craziness, there is... There are other things going on. People are being affected by mm. hurricanes in Louisiana and in Texas and throughout the South. And, you know, COVID and the elections, you know, it those those things are important, but there's still so much else going on. Um, and it's just hard to think about. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we hope that you stay safe, Kira. And I think that, you know, I hope that you'll be okay. So wishing you yeah, all the I best be with good. that thank you thank yeah. you yeah um yeah so jen why don't you tell us how your week has been well my week has been the same old same old <laughs> which is what we've kind of been saying for so mm-hmm. long um it was it's definitely a, a slower week for me it felt really long i don't know if it's because last week i had a four-day week or what but it just felt like a much longer week than normal um The bad news is it was not the best week for me. I think I was just kind of getting annoyed at people from work. Um, You know, sad news is my cousin, her grandma died earlier this week. So there were a couple of services for her. It was definitely very odd because of COVID. So for example, at the wake, we were only really there for 
maybe 30 minutes because they could only have so many people at the wake at once. So that was just mm-hmm. just kind of a weird experience because I felt like I wanted to stay there and see my cousin and comfort her. And also wakes are very social. Um, yeah. And it just felt odd. Like I, I went to go hug somebody and then I was like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't hug anybody. So it was sad. And um, her grandmother has been sick for a long time. And this might not be the best thing to say, but I think the family is a little bit relieved that she is now at peace. So, yeah, it's just been kind of one of those weeks. Um, Sorry to bring the mood down, but to hard pivot, I just wanted to provide some good news, which is an update on my bug bites. And Kira, I hope you're in the (laughs) same boat, but (laughs) my bug bites have improved so much. Um, They're definitely still there, but I was putting cortisone on pretty frequently throughout the day. I want to say every like three to four hours I was reapplying. And then by Wednesday, I realized that I wasn't as itchy. I just kind of put them on in the morning and then that was really it. And they haven't really been itchy since and I haven't had to put anything on them. And they're definitely much smaller. So happy that they have improved because it was getting quite unbearable. And I thought to myself that I couldn't deal with this for another week. So that's the good news. Uh, yeah. But overall, I'm just ready for next week. I'm going to a friend's beach house for Labor Day. So just looking forward to a three-day weekend. I feel oh like I God. need it. <laughs> Thank God I forgot about that. Oh, yes. I, need I just need off. an extra day <laughs> off from work. Like that's yeah. – it's just been an exhausting couple of days back ever since vacation. I feel like I need another – Another vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Well, yeah, we hope that you enjoy that time off. What what is now this week? Because the the Labor Day weekend is quickly approaching. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm definitely in the same boat, Jen, that I'm really looking forward to just having like a little time off. Even if it's just an extra long weekend, like I'll take it at this point. Right. Um, So, yeah. But, yeah, also sorry for your, your, you know, your family's loss. But um, it's kind of... I haven't been to any kind of wakes or anything during like these past few months, but I can imagine how it would just feel odd. Like when I, like the last week that I went to, I think I ended up staying at our friend's house until 10 PM. Like no one, just no one was leaving. So it's definitely hard to transition something, even though it's a, a very somber and a sad occasion. It's always something that's like, like you said, like really social and something that like, even though no one is in a great mood, you sort of all just like want to spend that time together. So mm-hmm. it has to be difficult to to do that. I'm actually, this is not totally the same, but I am going to visit some family like after we record today um, because we weren't able to go to my cousin's wake. He unfortunately passed away of COVID a couple of months ago and... They just had a very small service and we didn't end up going because this, I think, happened in May. Um, and it was just still really bad mm-hmm. with the number of COVID cases. And we just didn't feel like it was something that we could go and be a part of. So now, while they still have his ashes before, they're eventually going to send him back to El Salvador. That's where he was born. Um, we're going to try and, and, and see them today just to... You know, for for me, you know, I really didn't know him well. I, he was a, a few years older than me. He was 32, so not a few years older, a couple years older than me. Um, and we didn't know each other very well. I think I met him, you know, more when I was a kid. 
Um, so it's not for like, I don't feel this loss in a very deep way. And I, you know, just, I'm not pretending that I'm, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. know him well, but it's still a weird way to try and comfort people or trying to figure out how to comfort people because the normal traditions that you normally partake in, they can't happen. So, right. It's hard. It's not, you know, there's no, there's not a great solution for any of this. Um, mm-hmm. so I think ultimately it's just being there for the people who yeah. are experiencing the loss. I know, like in my case, I've just been trying to be there for my cousin. It's been it's been a rough couple of weeks because they essentially told her and her family that the grandmother could die at any time. So she's been on edge for a couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. to be uh, completely transparent, her grandmother has had Alzheimer's for like the past three or four mm-hmm. years. And it's... It's been really difficult for me to watch, so it's been really difficult for, obviously, their family to watch. So it definitely, I can feel that they are relieved, but at the same time, of course, a loss is a loss, and it's sad. So just trying to figure out ways to offer support from a social distance is is all that you can really do in this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you for for sharing that, Jen. Uh, We appreciate that. I think with that, I will just transition into my check-in for the week. Um, It has been, as Jen said, you know, same old, same old week. Nothing too crazy going on. Work has been the same, just super busy. Um, There is like some big news going on in Westchester, some big town news, uh, which is not good news. I feel like I'm starting it off making it sound like it's good news. Um, the Lord and Taylors, this is such a first world problem, but also not because people's jobs are being affected. So I feel like, anyway, the Lord and Taylors, which is the local department store, has, there are a few, there are quite a few left still in the Northeast, but most of them are closing. The one here that's in Scarsdale is closing for good in a couple of weeks. I don't really know when exactly it'll close. Um, but this is sort of big, dramatic news. And I think it was announced on Thursday or maybe Friday um, that it would be closing for good. Um, and this is just, you know, another nail in the coffin of the retail apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my mom is devastated. I mean, because my mom has like the black card. We get all the rewards, mm-hmm. all the points, all the things. Um, Us too. <laughs> I feel so. like every mom in our town has the black card. It's just yeah. like definitely not my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just it was such a staple in our town and Kira and I live sort of close to Lord and Taylor and I feel like I would always go there around Christmas time. If you need a last minute nice gift for somebody, that's the place to go. Um Yeah. So it's it's sad and uh it's been there since I've been living in our town, which has been practically my entire life. And I know a lot of it's people that live here. It's been open for a here. while, a couple of decades. It's a landmark. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, And, you know, people work there, like we mentioned. So I wish they would say when it's actually closing. I did see that there were big signs there that said, like, 20 40% off. So I think I'm going to hit yeah. it up this week. I do have a gift card, uh, so I need to spend it. That's what I did yesterday. I just, like, went and spent the gift cards that I had. I did end up going yesterday with my mom because she's paranoid it's going to close soon. Mm-hmm. The She did ask one of the ladies that was working there, and they said, she said that they were told November. My mom was like, there's no way that this is lasting until November. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we'll see. It'll probably close. I mean, maybe this month now that we're in September. So maybe we shall see. I mean, it's just kind of crazy because my mom would go there just like to hang out. She'd be like, oh, I'm bored. I'm just going to go to Lauren Taylor's just to like window shop. Essentially, we wouldn't even shop all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's just uh, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. I don't like Macy's. Bloomingdale's is too expensive. I know. Neiman Marcus. Forget it. I don't have that kind of budget. <laughs> So I'm not my, I'm not in that I'm not in the Neiman Marcus tax bracket, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um <laughs> I will say though, I feel like in the past maybe five years, anytime I've gone to Lauren Taylor to shop for myself, I have found it very overwhelming because I feel like that section of the store that is geared towards, you know, people our age is was very discombobulated and I never found I would agree. It was like a hunt for me to find something that I would actually like. So, you know, maybe it's maybe it's for the best. But it is sad, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely sad. But yeah, unpopular opinion is that I just I never got into it as much as like the rest of the town, or yeah, found it like Jen said. Like I I found it kind of overwhelming and. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know why. I just never really got, I was never as much of a fan as the rest mm-hmm. of the town. But it's still a landmark. So. Right. Yeah. I am curious, and we sort of had been talking about this a little bit, I think, of what they'll put in its place. Yeah. It's so Because big. there's no way, like, the real estate, it's just, it's a very large store. It's the largest store in that shopping center by a lot. And there's no way it's going to stay empty. Um, someone's going to buy it or something. And I don't know if it's going to be another store. I think Kira had said maybe they'd put like apartments and just like tear the whole thing down. I have no idea. I'm really yeah, curious. I really do not want them to do that. Yeah. Because I don't think we need more people living here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. That is an excellent point. I don't think we they don't would. I feel like it'd schools. be... Yeah, yeah, I feel like it wouldn't be cost effective to put any kind of like apartments there because you'd have to tear the whole thing down. Yeah, it would be best to make it another store. I just they would probably have to cut it up into multiple yeah. know, segments yeah. because I don't know yeah. what could be big enough to put there other than let's something bring like in a some small businesses. Like let's do that. Like like give me something. I know a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> we need more of those. <laughs> also, Fig and Olive is closing, but I don't think anyone went there, so that's not Wait, a surprise. Wait, what? I didn't know oh, that. Yeah, they're closing. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Everything is closing. Amazon is taking over yeah. Lord & Taylor's New York City flagship store. <sighs> that's kind of insulting. Ah, good for Amazon. I mean, yeah, <laughs> once that one closed, I think that one had closed last year, and the Scarsdale one, the one that we're all talking about. Right came sort of the de facto flagship one. Right. So, right. and it was, I think, definitely the most profitable by a lot. Um, I do think of, like, so Macy's, though, closing, closing, which worries me because Macy's is such, like, a a cultural thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you have the Macy's mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Day Parade, and then I feel yeah. like Christmas time, Macy's in the city is a big thing as well. Like, they do the little light show by their store. So I worry about Macy's. They're also not doing well at all. I think they just haven't adapted well to the online model. Online, yeah. And 
it's very overwhelming to shop in department stores because they have so many options and it's like hard to navigate. So that's right. the problem that I find with like Macy's. Yeah. Um, and Lord and Taylor, I felt was like definitely on the higher end of price wise, but it wasn't like quite where like Bloomingdale's and Neiman Marcus was. So it was a weird group of people that it was appealing to. Whereas like Macy's is more affordable. Anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, yeah, well, I will just add, I think the Macy's and Herald Square is a historic landmark. So that I think can never be, like they can't undo, like it couldn't become Amazon's headquarters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that means at least, I don't know what that necessarily means for it, but it, the building is protected in some way. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, anyway, complicated feelings, but at least they're getting some jobs to New York City. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, honestly, that was the biggest news for me this week. (laughs) Um, We, you know, I'll update everyone with new information, new facts. I'm sure everyone is riveted by this saga that is going on, that it's like it only really affects you if you live here so um i'll keep you updated I'm going to transition us into our topic of the week. Um, I think, you know, with everyone going back to school, you know, if students have returned already or a lot of students will be returning after Labor Day, um, we sort of got to thinking that we wanted to have uh, a reflection and a chat discussion about college and the things that we loved about school, but also the things that we wish we had done differently. Um, I don't necessarily have a ton of regrets in school or from school. I feel like, you know, any kind of mistakes or or missteps that you might make in your life ultimately lead you in the right direction or lead you down the path that you're meant to go. And I think that's also important for character development and things like that. But I think there are things that I wish I had done differently, knowing what I know now about uh, the real world where I have ended up now in my career. So I think we sort of want to discuss just generally, you know, things we might have done differently and things that we also loved about school. And we, you know, encourage other people to also do, you know, if you have the the opportunity to still be in school. Um, so I know Jen has lots of thoughts and lots of, uh, (laughs) notes on this. So I'm going to turn it over to her to, to kick us off. Sure. Thank you, Jackie. Yeah, I I think for me, just to preface, I was in college for five years. I got my master's. So one of those years was grad school. But because I did it right after I had graduated from undergrad, and because I was pretty much surrounded by people that also went to Lehigh. Uh, I went to Lehigh, in case you didn't know. Um, I was like surrounded by people that had already gone to Lehigh. And people in the grade below me who I was friends with, it just kind of felt like I was in an extra year of college. Um, So yeah, I was in school for five years. And honestly, I loved college. I know 
not everybody has that same experience. I know that there has been a lot of conversation, I feel, about normalizing college not being the best years of your life. And I completely stand Mm -hmm. by that. I feel like it doesn't have to be the best years of your life. And people do feel, I guess, upset when they don't have that amazing experience. But luckily for me, I, I loved college. I just felt like it was a really good chapter in my life. And I think the reason for that is because I really felt like during those years, I just grew so much into who I am today and really just became more and more myself with every year. And I think the other part of it that was beneficial for me was I was just surrounded by people that I felt like I connected really well with. Um, And that was important to me. Not that I didn't connect well to the people in East Chester. Obviously, the three of us are friends and we have a pretty solid friend group and whatnot. But our, our hometown can kind of feel like a bubble sometimes. And if you don't fit into that bubble, you feel a bit like ostracized and whatnot. And I just felt like when I went to college, I really just found my niche a little bit. So Mm -hmm. that's why I loved it so much. And I also just had a lot of fun. Um, I definitely went to a school where we partied a lot. And I absolutely took advantage of that. That's just the kind of person that I am. So I think that that's why I had such a good time. Um, I also just want to say that each year of college was such a unique experience for me. There was really no year that was like the previous year. And I think that's what made it so fun was because every year I didn't really know what to expect. I was meeting new people and having new experiences. And I think that's what made it so exciting for me and made it so that I was growing and changing each year. Um, So that was really great. Like, for example, freshman year was, of course, very new. I had met friends on my hall and then I, you know, had my first boyfriend and then I joined a sorority. So it was just like a lot of changes just like each year was so different for me, even grad school. I feel like I may have talked about this on the pod. When I first started, I was not excited at all because I felt like by my senior year, I was so over it. Like my patience for people was just wearing thin. I didn't have the best roommates and people in my sorority. I felt like I was just so over them being them. Um, So when I got to grad school, I just kind of wasn't looking forward to it. I wanted to leave school and just start my life but I felt like I had to go to grad school because it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up but actually ended up being one of the better years for me I just met like the best people and had the best roommate and it was just such a good experience for me so that's how I would sum up my college years I definitely you know worked really hard but I also played hard so I think that's why I enjoyed it so much and I really just tried to take advantage of everything around me and trying out new experiences and that's what I think paid off for me. I guess reflecting a bit on what I would have done differently, I think there's three areas that come to mind. First is roommates. (laughs) I feel like I've talked on the podcast before how (laughs) I've had some not so great roommate experiences. My freshman year roommate was amazing. My I had a roommate the end of my sophomore year, like second semester. She was great. Junior year roommate was great. But the roommates I had the beginning of sophomore year and then senior year were just not the best. And I kind of blame myself because I roomed with people that I was skeptical of and it ended up not working out. So (laughs) 
if you're still in college, I would advise you to say no if you're skeptical of rooming with somebody because just because you're friends doesn't mean that you would be good roommates. And actually, a lot of times, mm-hmm. the people that I wasn't as close with that I roomed with ended up being the best roommates. So it's okay to say no to rooming with a friend to preserve your friendship. Um, I guess my second piece of advice would just be to not get hung up on boys. I know that's like kind of silly, but I felt like... I would second that. Yeah, I felt <laughs> like my sophomore year, I just started getting really hung up on guys like not reciprocating or ghosting me or whatever and it just took a big toll on my self-esteem and I feel like it kind of sometimes would like ruin my time at school and made me like not enjoy it as much when really I should have just been like focusing on my friends and I think the beginning of junior year that really clicked for me and I was like I just want to have a fun time with my friends and that's actually when I met somebody and it did work out so it was unexpected but I would just advise as best as you can, not to get hung up on guys. Um, however, I am kind of grateful that I went through that because if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be where I am today. So just don't let people, whether it's guys or roommates or friends, just make you feel that way and make you feel like you're not worth it because you are. And that's something that just has to click in your head. And yeah, uh, I, one other area that I would give advice on or what I would have done differently, not sure how like how this would play out or how I would have really fixed it. But I felt like academically, there were times where I felt like I wasn't challenged that much. Um, And I think part of it was I just got some really bad guidance from my advisor my freshman year. Part of that was because my APs did not transfer like right off the bat. So I ended up taking classes that I didn't need to take. Um, So yeah, that that's pretty much it. I kind of don't fault myself with that. But I think I could have gotten better advice about academics and sometimes I feel like like I wasn't super challenged in school and I kind of wish that I struggled a little bit. (laughs) You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. That was a long ramble, but that's how I would sum up college for now. We should make t-shirts that say, I might have already talked about this on the pod, but (laughs) that's literally my go-to episode. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like I talk about the same things. I'm like, messy roommates. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Jen has definitely talked about her roommates, but I've also complained about my past roommates. Um, Mm -hmm. I think something that you said academically, well, so I wanted to touch on something just, yeah, so relating to academics. I think ultimately um, something that I think about a lot is to – I think that when people are considering what they're going to major in, I think there's a lot of, I, I feel like I, I, so I majored in politics, which probably like in hindsight was not the best decision. My initial idea was because I wanted to go to law school and a lot of people that end up going to law school uh, just major in politics. And I think that there's like nothing wrong with that, but it probably wasn't the best decision for me, alt- like just in the long run. I kind of wish I had done something that was a little more practical and a bit more applicable to uh, life in general. I I think that for me, I usually lean sort of like on the side where I think I wish I had also gotten similar guidance about 
something that's going to be practical and useful. And I, I think, and so I, I think there's a, an interesting balance where I think students should study something that they're passionate about, but I think there also needs to be a balance where we really consider how this will be used practically and where you want to take this career-wise. I think there is an emphasis, and I think I understand why, um, you know, we think, okay, you know, you'll use this for when you go to grad school, but I think ultimately I didn't necessarily consider how I might apply my degree in politics in the real world, in the real world. And so mm-hmm. once I had this politics degree and I wasn't going to law school, I was like, all right, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with that. And so I knew I needed to have a sustainable or not a sustainable, uh, a substantial amount of work experience that was not in the politics realm to be able to go to grad school and have sort of a more, um, a more, um, I'd say a nuanced experience and a more, um, an experience in a, in a more business setting. Um, I think, you know, I, I come from a background where education is not, um, is not a right in El Salvador. You know, my parents didn't get a lot of education, when they were younger and to this day, a lot of students, a lot of kids usually stop school. They don't even finish high school. The only requirement is to get your, I'm not even sure what they call it, but it's like uh, a sufficient amount of education where you can just finish at 14 and you don't have to get your baccalaureate, which is their equivalent of like a high school degree. And so sort of my, my, my point of this is that if I'm able to have this education, I'm able to study, which is not something that is, you know, guaranteed for people around the world. I feel like I wanted to, I feel like I, I have to, and this is just how I feel personally, I feel like I have to make it something that is going to be useful and beneficial and really consider, you know, what I want to do long term. And I feel like that's not necessarily something that I thought about enough or really considered when I was deciding what I wanted to study and I didn't necessarily, I didn't have that understanding about sort of like weighing those different options. So Mm -hmm. I think ultimately I wish I had maybe done something differently and I think ultimately it worked out and it was fine, but you know, it would have set me on a different path and maybe it would have been just more beneficial in the long run to do something else. Um, So, and you know, those are hard, that's a hard decision to make when you're 18, 19 years old and you're deciding what you want to study. But I mean, I think I just didn't have that understanding mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. how am I really going to apply this politics degree? Or I didn't have that difficult conversation with anyone really about how I'm going to apply this degree. Um, so yeah, so that's like a long-winded thing. Basically just saying, like, consider what you want to study and really think about where you want where you would be happy to see your career go mm-hmm. in the long run. Because ultimately, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's why we're in school. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's sort of long-winded explanation. But, um, yeah. Also, roommates are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone's had, like, a roommate issue here and there. Yeah. It's inevitable. Oh, uh, yeah. My mom had recently said college is wasted on the young because – it is too soon at 18 to know what you would want to do forever yeah. and make such a big decision like that. And I know for me, when I was applying to schools, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. 
like I look back and I was like I was so lost I didn't know what kind of school I wanted to go to what I wanted to study and it all ended up working out but you do feel a lot of pressure like well this person has known that they're gonna do this and want to go to this school forever why don't I know that and it's taken me until like after college to figure it all out but in terms of and maybe who even knows because we're still young um but yeah I think that's a good point about I do think I was encouraged by my family to do something that could be applicable to many different paths Mm -hmm. because they kind of knew you weren't going to have it figured out. And so I I did civil engineering and I almost switched a few times because I knew it wasn't like my dream passion. But in the end, I stuck with it because engineering can be really applicable to various things. Um, And it is a rigorous curriculum and I did learn a lot. Um, So I I personally feel I was challenged academically. Like it was hard. Um, And also, so I went to Northeastern in Boston and I love my school so mm-hmm. much like obnoxiously so but um it definitely is a different uh school experience I think than a lot of schools because um it we have a co-op program so you're in school for a semester and then you're working for a semester mm-hmm. and you switch off between that for a few years so it traditionally takes people five years some people will do it for in four if they want to finish quicker, but I did five and I'm so glad I did five because I didn't feel like I wanted to graduate after four. Um, but I do think that that kind of experience makes one students very independent because you're in and out with your friends because people are co-oping across the country, across the world. Um, so you're not always with your like normal pod of friends you can go a long Mm -hmm. time without seeing the same people um and then also you're just getting a lot of work experience so I do think Northeastern students in my opinion were very independent and driven but also because of the co-op schedule our semesters were kind of really packed in uh so that they could always meet like certain co-op start and end dates Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that added to some of the intensity, but yeah, I had a great experience similar to Jen. Like I really do feel like those were some of the best years of my life, but agree that it's okay if it's not the best year. And I hope it's just the best years of my life so far. Like I'm hoping we're continuing to go up. I don't think like mm-hmm. it's all downhill from here. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think it's totally fine if, you're not enjoying it. I think it's totally fine to transfer if you end up at a school that you don't think fits you because you don't really know until you're there. And do think, you know, give it time, give it at least a year, stick it through because I really feel I changed a lot my sophomore years when I really settled and made most of my friends that I'm still friends with now. Um, so I do think that that takes time. But yeah, I had great roommates. I'm not going to lie, not to brag, but my roommates <laughs> were great. I met my best friend at orientation. So we're still best friends. Lived with her 
ever after freshman year, we lived together every year. Um, so I lucked out. I did well. But yeah, I think it's a shame that you have to figure it all out at 18. Or mm-hmm. so they make you think you have to figure it all out at 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also another thing that I wanted to touch upon. So I, you know, I can only speak from my own experience. I went to college pretty sure that I wanted to do neuroscience or psychology. I found out pretty quickly that neuroscience was essentially pre-med and I didn't want to be with those people. So I did psychology and my concentration was in neuroscience. But even though I had that figured out, I didn't know what I wanted to do with psych. I thought I wanted to go into marketing and I had a marketing minor, did a marketing internship, didn't like it, went back Uh, became pals with the professor and I started doing research with her, thought for a while that I was going to go get my PhD in psych and then decided that I was going to go get my master's in business. And it was from there and like having an internship that essentially I decided that doing like market research and like consulting was really something that I'm passionate about right now. But it took me so long to figure that out. And I think to Jackie and Kira, your guys' point it's okay to not have that figured out. Even if you like a subject, um, not figuring out what you want to do with it can be really difficult. And it's hard to really know what you want to do with it when you don't have those experiences and don't try them out um, through an internship or through hearing about it and stuff. So that can be tricky. I think also my advice would be, even if you major in something like psychology, for example, that doesn't mean you have to stay in that field. You can figure out ways to apply the skills that you've learned to a different field. Um, so don't feel so stuck just because you've majored in one thing that you have to stick with that career path. And I think it's okay to do something different after college and figure out through internships what you do like and what you don't like. So that would be my advice. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. I mean, I think... Ultimately, even though I feel like I still like just from where I stand, I feel like you want to think about something that's practical. You also have to do something that you enjoy Um, Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't feel like you're stuck in sort of these defined or very rigid groups. Like you have to do something in the sciences or anything related to business, something that you may feel is um, that's traditionally viewed as... um, you know, leading to a more stable career path. I think there is fi- finding that balance is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I would highly recommend, or I wish I had done this better, make friends with your professors because mm-hmm. you're going to need an academic recommendation mm-hmm. at some point. And you're like, shoot, I feel like I can't ask anyone for that because I didn't make enough of an effort. Um, that is something that I was thinking about. I was writing down all of these notes last night and I was like, oh shit, I should have done that too. I was just thinking about all the things mm-hmm. that I wish I had done and that I was actually like sort of reflecting on that as I was filling out my applications for grad school. I was like, oh snap. Mm-hmm. Um and some of that happens by chance. Like if you do well in a professor's yeah. class, they kind of take note. Right. Um, that's what had happened yeah. to me. I would also say if you can take uh, multiple classes with the same professor, that helps. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And I think also Jen was sort of touching upon this, but, you know, as you do internships, I think it's really important that you switch up the fields and sort of the, yeah, the fields and the 
internship types that you do because I think that is going to give you a really good idea of whether or not you enjoy something. Um, You know, I did an internship with a New York City Council member. And while I enjoyed my time there, I was like, I definitely don't want to go into local (laughs) government as a career path. Um, Just too stressful. And quite frankly, Mm. not enough money for the stress that these people go through. (laughs) So it's just not something I appreciate it. But I was Mm. like, I don't see myself doing this. Um, And I think all of those things are, are really important and really beneficial. Right. And it's hard to know when you don't have that internship experience. You know, I don't want to shame anybody because I know, especially in today's market, it's so hard to get an internship or even get a job. Yeah. I would recommend, like, if you can, to get an internship, whether that's through a connection, like, also leverage your connections. There's nothing wrong with that. But you really don't know until you try something out whether or not you like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, even if it's not the best few years of your life, um, it is a rare time where you're just kind of living with a ton of other people your age and get to try so many different things academically and otherwise. So Mm -hmm. I think just taking as many opportunities to do as much as you can, try as many new things as you can, join clubs, travel, whatever – Um, if you're able to, it's a very unique experience, uh, that you don't always get after you're done. Mm -hmm. That's what I miss most is just having my friends around at all times. And, you know, now that I'm an adult, it's like, I have to make plans to see my friends. Whereas I felt like in college, like you just were with people all the time and there was no set plan. Like that's probably what I miss most. Yeah. Yeah. Or like going to the supermarket at one in the afternoon because your classes are done for the day. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! You just got all this time to do things. Ugh. Yeah, it's funny because anyway. I wish I could always switch between school and work because like that's what we would do. Like co-op. By the end of co-op, you were always like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to go back to classes." So I can like go to the gym in the middle of the day and just have a more flexible schedule yeah. and little things like that. And then like finals week comes around and you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to go back to co-op and not have to do homework and study. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. funny how like, yeah, school, has, it's a nice schedule, even though it's hard. <laughs> yeah. And we're definitely never going to get that back, really, unless we... I don't know, unless we become CEOs of companies. I feel like only those kinds of people can go to the gym in the middle of the day. (laughs) So we're going to have to (laughs) figure something Mm -hmm. out. (laughs) Oh, Um, I wanted to say one more thing. I would completely recommend stepping out of your comfort zone in any way you can during college. I know for me, some of that had to do with getting really involved in extracurriculars. I was very involved in my school's dance marathon, and that was something that I just enjoyed. And, you know, eventually I became the president of the program, which was so out of my comfort zone. But I think it really paid off and taught me a lot about leadership and those types of skills. Um, So I would recommend that. And then Jackie, one of the notes that you have here that I would also highly stand behind is taking different types of classes and fun classes. I think For me, one of the most interesting classes I took was my junior year, and it was art history, which had nothing to do with my major. It was completely just Mm. like a one of those gen ed requirements that I had to fulfill. 
and it was still one of my favorite classes to this day. Um, I just found it so interesting to learn about different pieces of art and it really made me appreciate that so much more than I probably would have if I hadn't taken that class. Um, I also ended up taking an art history class when I studied abroad, which was amazing because that class was going to different museums and seeing art in person and then learning about it. Definitely can do an episode dedicated to study abroad, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, I would highly recommend taking fun classes if you can outside of your major because I do feel like you learn a lot and that's kind of what college is for is to take different things and figure out what you like and gain a new appreciation for a subject that you may not have learned that much about before. Yeah. I yeah, I would also agree. I um I ended up I sort of ended up doing that because I was just taking a bunch of history classes and I didn't intend to minor in history, but by the time I realized I was on my third history class just because I had space for these electives, I realized I was like, oh, I'm only one class away from minoring in this, so I might as well just be a history minor. Um, and my history classes were my favorite classes that I took. Like It was always so, so interesting. And I ended up sort of making my own sort of sort of specializing on my own in American history that was, it ended up being American war history, and it was just really fascinating. Um, and I took a class on revolutionary Latin America, which <laughs> if you don't know about revolutionary Latin America, it's basically the history of like U.S. war in Latin America, um, because the U.S. had a hand in all of it. I could rant about that for hours. Um, so it wasn't American history, but it was. Um, and that was the most interesting class I had took at all, just in college. It was fascinating. Um, and my professor was like, he was, he didn't look like Indiana Jones, but he definitely dressed like Indiana Jones. And he was like this guy that was like in his early, maybe like early sixties, late fifties. And he had just spent his whole thirties and forties in Guatemala and Cuba and Mexico, just like, I don't know, doing whatever, like whatever he did. And was just the most interesting guy. But he's like, his name was Greg Grandin, like the super like white guy. And he was like, oh, yeah, like I've been to all these places in Guatemala. And we talked about El Salvador because El Salvador also uh, had a civil war the U.S. intervened in, obviously. Um, and so that was just my favorite class that I took in college, period. I love that. Um, <laughs> so you also have to you also have mm -hmm. to do what you love. You got to be practical about things, I think. But you also have to, to find mm -hmm. things that you really enjoy. Kira, what was the most interesting class that you took outside of like a civil engineering class? Hmm. Well, I was going to say, I actually didn't have much room for classes outside engineering um, because, yeah, no, our curriculum was very full of um, just engineering and we had like a few writing requirements, mm -hmm. but... Um, all our electives were science or tech electives, but um, I loved my environmental science class. That's probably where I learned a lot, which was a science elective and like not engineering-y. It was just like, this is why climate change is happening and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I feel kind of boring because I'm like, oh, all the classes where I learned the most were like environmental science or my energy systems class where I learned about solar panels and you know wind and water energy and stuff um so I I don't have any cool classes so I agree that if that's something you can do you should do it there just wasn't 
um, a ton of room for in, for that in my experience. Mm-hmm. Well, those classes sound fun anyway. I know, at least for me, one of the most interesting classes I took was a psychology class that I had to take for my major, and it was the psychology of good and evil. It was really interesting. I learned a lot. Mm. So nothing wrong with learning a lot and finding the classes that you're majoring in interesting. That's probably how it should be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Those psych classes really know how to label themselves, like, just to be really grabby. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure it was interesting as well, but. I took an international marketing class that I really liked for my business minor. That was interesting. Yeah. There's some interesting yeah. ones. Waste management. Yeah. Loved that class. Ooh. Honestly, that sounds fascinating. I'm fascinated by garbage. Like it it's was truly it's so fascinating. It's just such yeah. a black box. It's so interesting. Like, you throw something out and then you never think about it again, which is horrible. And now I'm so exactly. conscious of it. But very important subject. Exactly. And the politics of landfills and things like mm-hmm. that. And also America fascinating because other countries. It's Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. There was a point where I was like, waste is going to be my career. I'm going to just focus on garbage because it's so fascinating. Oh, actually, maybe the most interesting class I took was when I studied abroad. um, I took a history of the Italian South um, class. That was, I think, maybe my final history class that I needed for the the minor. Um, And my professor obviously was was from Italy. She was from Palermo in Sicily. Um, and I we learned about um, the Indrangheta, which is like the Neapolitan mafia or like one of the one of the one of the mobs in, in <laughs> southern Italy and just like their um, monopolization of the waste system in southern Italy and how they purchase garbage illegally or not even garbage, I would say like toxic chemical waste from countries in Northern Europe. And they purchase that garbage illegally. So they say, okay, you need to get rid of it, but it's really expensive to dispose of it properly. We're going to buy it from you or you're going to sell it to us. However, whatever, right there, there, you're going to pay us to take this garbage and we're just going to dump it in Italy, like wherever, because we can do it really cheaply. No one's going to give, no one gives a shit. People give a shit, but like, they don't care, right? Um, and basically how so much of the produce that comes from the region surrounding Naples is toxic and is just, you can't eat it because they're dumping medical waste, chemical waste, all of these different things into birth defects, um, the area. Yeah. And there's even labels on produce that is sold. They're supposed to label produce when it comes from that area because people really shouldn't be buying it, but it still has to be grown. It, I mean, people can't afford sometimes to, to grow their produce elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's really fascinating. Like this whole, I, it's it's so crazy. And it happens all over the world. It's not just the U.S. It's not just Italy. Like it's this whole sort of worldwide system of improper waste management because you think about the countries in northern europe that are also willing to sell their garbage to the mob (laughs) so short history lessons from jackie (laughs) fascinating i love it i love that kind of stuff anyway this was we sort of went off on a tangent but i think it was interesting 
no matter what. Um, but yeah, this is a really interesting conversation. And I just want to thank you both for, for sharing your thoughts and your insights. gonna turn it over to our hot takes for this week um and i think kira i will let you start things off yeah um mine's kind of sad uh i think most people know at this point but uh chadwick boseman who's an actor he was the black panther he died of colon cancer at only 43 and i didn't know he had colon cancer and i think actually Mm -hmm. He kind of didn't really tell anybody he had colon cancer and was dealing with this for the past four years while, you know, starring in amazing movies, playing groundbreaking uh, figures in history like James Brown and Jackie Robinson. Um, And I I think he's one of the more well-known black actors of our generation so I think it really is a huge loss to the industry um, but mm-hmm. also just on a human level uh, very sad that he died and suffered at such a young age you know only 43 it's pretty my brother had texted me um, and I was like I had to read it a few times to make sure I read it right because I'm like that's so like you just I just didn't expect it obviously um mm-hmm. so yeah I just wanted to touch on that because I you know felt surprisingly very sad I mean I wouldn't consider myself his biggest fan obviously but um I enjoyed his movies and I think I don't mean I'm not his biggest fan in the sense that I'm not a fan I just mean like there's definitely other people and young children mm-hmm. who looked up to him way more than I did but um just think it's mm-hmm. really a, a huge loss um, and a huge talent that was lost. Completely agree. Yeah. I think it's just so shocking because because he produced or he starred in Black Panther and all of these other films. He starred in multiple films since 2016 when he was first diagnosed. And you would never know from anything. And he, and he did, obviously was involved in all of the filming, but then also did all of these press tours and promotional events for everything that he was involved with. And you would never know that he was, you know, suffering and living with cancer. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... It's like... It's really just remarkable. Yeah, the dedication he had to making sure he uh, took advantage of the opportunities he had while he was alive and shared his talent with everybody is so impressive like I can't even comprehend how tired he Mm -hmm. must have been like it just makes you feel bad about complaining about anything Mm because you're like (laughs) yeah it's just it's very impressive what a gift well yeah thank you for for sharing that Kira I definitely it was just such a I it, it really is just it's hard to put into words just how much of a shock that news was because he was so young so you know we just you know hope that his family is doing okay and um you know just wishing them all the best 
Um, and, you know, he will be missed. I think, you know, his legacy and his memory lives on. I think the work that he did was so important and so impressive yes. for the U.S., for the black community. Um, and I think his legacy will live on. So thank you for sharing that. Just yeah. makes you wonder what else he could have done had he had yeah, more exactly. time, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, Jen, I will let you uh, introduce your hot take as well. Hard pivot. Hard pivot. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I don't know how to. I don't know how to be That's like. That's gonna sorry. be the next T-shirt. Uh, hard hard pivot. pivot. Yep. Mm-hmm. My hot takes <laughs> this week are less pop culture related, more kind of ranty. The first thing I wanted to talk about was Love it. Um, I hate the new Instagram update. I don't know if you guys have seen this. <laughs> Maybe it just happened on my. I have phone, no idea. Unfortunately. But essentially, the new Instagram update makes it so you only see new posts. And then if you want to see older posts, you then have to click at the bottom to see older posts. And it's not continuous like it used to be, like not a continuous scroll. So if you scroll past the see older posts um, button, you basically see posts that would have ended up on your Explore page. It just makes it such a non-continuous experience for me. And I feel like so many times... I, I know this is weird, but, like, I just want to see old posts again. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just really don't like it. It's hard to put like into they... words why I don't like it, but I just don't. Mine's not doing that right now. That sounds dumb, honestly. Okay, that's a good thing. I could show yeah. you guys. I'll send, like, a screen recording, maybe, of what it's like on mine. I don't, yeah, I don't have that yet, I think. That sounds not fun, yeah, for sure. I hate the algorithm. Yeah, I hate the algorithm, too. Like, yeah. Just, do things sequentially. I always miss my friends. It, it just bothers posts. me. Because I think because I follow like too many celebrities or bloggers or whatnot, like people who post a lot are the only ones I see that like when my friends post, I always miss it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I had to just recently go through and like all my friends posts from the past year basically because I'm like, oh, I'm, they were talking about something she posted on Instagram and I was like, I haven't even seen that. So I had to go look. Yeah. And I think it's because the algorithm has like who you interact with most, which tends to be, like, people who are posting, like, every day, you know? Right. I actually don't follow that many celebrities for that reason, because then otherwise I don't see real people's posts. Yeah, I don't feel like I do, but I guess I do follow a lot of, like, bloggers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem is, is that I just wanted to add, I think ever since Instagram got rid of their chronological order, I think exactly. it just went downhill. Um it just seems like so dumb and if this is another update i think it's people are gonna be mad people are gonna be type Mm -hmm. pissed and i can't wait for the masses to catch on i think the other thing is it doesn't make sense from a user experience perspective because it essentially makes people spend less time on the app which why would Mm -hmm. instagram want that um it's just frustrating to me Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I also sometimes like mindlessly open Instagram and like don't really process what I'm looking at. So I feel like I'm going to miss more posts now, which is frustrating. I don't like that. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to rant about that because I- I'm just annoyed, man. Um, the other thing I want to rant about real quick, and I know Kira might have some thoughts on this as well, but pumpkin spice lattes have made it back to the Starbucks menu. I know that we're in September now, but I still feel like it's too early for pumpkin spice latte season. And I know you can mm-hmm. get a cold brew or iced or whatever, but it's just too early. I feel like it is a fall drink and it is not yet fall. Like we're just, 
similar to our Christmas discussion, I just feel like it's too early and we just need to let things be in the time period that they're meant to be in. But of course, they're one of Starbucks's most popular drinks. So I understand why they're trying to get the hype early um, so that they can profit. But it it's just wrong. I'm sorry. It's too early. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I struggle with like September does feel like the right time. But when it's still hot, I get that it feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Like hot outside. I just don't like pumpkin spice lattes. So that's my hot take. Um, I don't think that they're very good. So yeah, it's just yeah. too early. I um yeah, I don't love them. I don't hate them though. Although, like I I mean I think some of the best Starbucks holiday slash sort of seasonal holiday drinks, drinks are whole other category. Yeah, that the caramel brulee latte. Ooh, I turn into a real. Starbucks basic for that one because I love the caramel brulee. It's so good. Um, I don't think I've tried that one. Oh, Jen, it's so good. Kira also likes okay, the gingerbread one, right? Am I making that up? Do you like the gingerbread latte? Oh, I've latte? had the ginger, yeah, the gingerbread latte before. I've had that. Yeah. That one's really I like, good. Well, I mean, I like just the peppermint mocha. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've had that one either. Chestnut praline. Like... That's the one that I like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the one. Maybe a personal hot take, but I don't like peppermint in food. Mm. Like I just don't like minty flavors in food. Yeah, it makes me I think it reminds I agree. me of brushing my teeth and makes me want to spit it out. So that's just <laughs> that's a weird gen thing. No minty <laughs> stuff in food. That's funny. I do also consider pumpkin spice lattes to kind of be like the gateway drug into getting a coffee addiction. At least it was for me, because <laughs> I used to go to Starbucks when I was younger. I would always get like frappuccinos because I was 14. And then I remember specifically, I was at Starbucks with my friends, and this was, you know, probably ninth grade. And I was with my friend Heather. Shout out to Heather if you're listening. And she was like, Oh, you have to try a pumpkin spice latte. And I got one and fell in love. And then that's kind of what I started ordering. And then from there, started ordering flavored coffee drinks. Um, and then slowly developed a coffee addiction and now i just drink it normal yeah i do drink regular coffee on an everyday basis otherwise i don't function yeah i blame psl as my gateway drug yeah that's Mm, fair i blame exhaustion (laughs) that That was my gateway drug (laughs) fair yeah i love starbucks i'm basic like that that is like i do appreciate starbucks i'm not gonna lie Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No. I think we should do, like, an episode one time where we rank the seasonal drinks. Um, <gasps> that'd be fun. I that need to, like, fun. do a proper taste test. Yeah. I haven't had them yeah. in so long. Because I always feel kind of guilty getting them because they're, like, just so bad for you that it really is just, like, oh, I'm treating myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's, like, nothing in that that is good for you. <laughs> Yeah, if we're allowed to be close to each other later in the fall, you know, if COVID is okay, we could all gather in one room and split a bunch of drinks and just do Mm. a big taste test. That's a big Mm. if, right? But we'll see how things go. (laughs) Might have to to get tested before that. (laughs) Yeah, stay tuned. Maybe next year. (laughs) Yeah, that may be. Um, Yeah, I think 
with that well i actually so yeah i actually do have one hot take and this is something yes. that kira brought to my attention Let's but talk about it. i i saw that you didn't put this in the notes so i thought i would add this in um big news this week dorinda medley is leaving or was fired from the real housewives of new york there's no way I, she was fired if they fired her Bravo, you missed up. Something, it appears that something happened. It seems that, I mean, when you do like an initial search for just her name, it seems like she was fired. So I have no idea like what's going on. But the fact that Ramona Singer is on the show still and Dorinda is gone is like a travesty. That's what I'm saying. Kira has a lot of thoughts. That's why I'm like, I can't believe had they fired her. I know, I'm sorry, but I do. <laughs> but I just feel like besides Bethany, Dorinda's the best New York City housewife we've had. Um, right? Yeah. 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 I I, um, she's just so funny and so ridiculous. Oh, I, I love Sonia, too. Yeah, Sonia Morgan is. ridiculous. The way they introduced um, Sonia was, like, great. Like, she was just sort of this, like mysterious figure that had this like beautiful townhouse and whatever like they all had beautiful townhouses right but just yeah right. anyway um yeah i'm just i'm sad that if they fired dorinda i'm surprised because she truly is like the best part of the show lately and pretty much the only reason i watch because i really i'm over ramona like it is time for you to she's like 65 like it's time for you to stop <laughs> um I'm over Luann, even though I kind of get a kick out of Luann, she's just, like, too much for me. I love Sonia, but, like, without Dorinda, there's no reason for me to watch, so Tell Bravo. I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I hope that there is, I, I mean, I've also heard that they might try and bring her back because the response has just been really bad um, from fans about her leaving the show, so hopefully they can work something out. I don't watch The Housewives as much anymore, but I do want to get back into it. I feel like New York and Atlanta and Beverly Hills and New Jersey, those are a lot of Housewives, but I want to try and get back into the franchise. So <laughs> I uh, hope think they can work things out. Well, Beverly Hills recently, Beverly Hills has become, I think, the most watched reality show. Oh, really? Um, because Beverly hmm. Hills is kind of killing it and... Erica Jane is my Dorinda of Beverly Hills, and she makes Beverly Hills, like, you have to watch for Erica Jane. Okay. And Lisa Rinna. Yeah, yeah, Lisa yeah. Rinna. Lisa Rinna's good. Hmm. I just gotta get into it, period. Yeah. <laughs> it's... I feel like it's almost too late. It's so good, though, Jen. All There's, like, certain moments in Housewives history that are... They're just pieces of Americana, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> They're just, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. It's just a phenomenon. It will be written into the American history textbooks, I'm sure. Yeah, I it's just so. so ridiculous that it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Prostitution whore flips the table. That is an iconic moment. Do not even, like, <laughs> Teresa du- Judice is crazy, but, like, <laughs> it was. Anyway. I'm yeah, if you need to start, like we said, first season of New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. You. it's re- that's really good. That's explosive. Damn. <laughs> yeah. 
well, Dorinda, we love you. You'll be missed. I hope that you'll be brought back. I hope that they can work something out because it will be a shame if she is gone and lost to the Real Housewives franchise. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening, we love you. We support you. Yep. Um, yeah. And with that, I think it is uh, that time in the program we ha- where we have come to our retakes. I think Jen has one retake for us this week, so I will let her take it away. Sure. Um, Not necessarily a retake, more so a follow-up on something that we were discussing last week, and that is that vice presidents have no term limits, so you can be VP multiple times. Um, So unlike the president, there's no two-term limit. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And I also just wanted to apologize because I'm convinced my brain was just not functioning very well last episode. I just could not get my thoughts together as well as I normally do. And I'm just going to blame the copious amounts of wine I drank the night prior for that. (laughs) Not my best episode. You were great. Don't worry (laughs) about that. And yeah, that's definitely interesting. It was funny because my manager and I had to record a podcast for a work thing. And then he asked me if I had experience. And I told him about the (laughs) podcast. So he was like, oh, send it to me. But I didn't want to send him last week's episode because I sounded so bad. So I just, I never followed up with him. So Samir, if you're listening, this one's for you. Shout out to Samir. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is funny. Oh, man. I will never tell anybody at work about the podcast. Yeah. Well, I, I admire you for doing that. But. <laughs> this is indicative of Jen's like healthy work environment that she feels that she can talk yeah, about this. Yeah, good for you. That's fair. I need the freedom to yeah. complain about them without fear that they will find it. <laughs> I won't even follow them on Instagram. I feel like my whole team follows each other on Instagram. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not ready for that. Instagram mm-hmm. is too personal. For my manager yeah. to be following me on Instagram. Yeah. I follow the people that are about my age on Instagram. So, like, basically anybody yeah, the younger under people 30. Are um, but I do not follow my, my manager on Instagram. I don't know if he has one. But yesterday, my friend from work texted me a screenshot of our manager's Instagram story. And I was like, why are you following him? Like, that's, it's just, it's too much for me. Like, he's our manager. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, Facebook would be different. But, like, Instagram, like, I post, like, political things and stuff. Like, I, I wouldn't want mm-hmm. necessarily to mix that with business. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too yeah prude about it. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel that. Yeah. Anyway, that was it for my well, retakes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely fascinating, though. Honestly, I did not know. It, it feels like something that we should know, like, the vice presidents don't necessarily have a term limit. But I don't know why, when we were talking about that last week, I was like, you know what? I, I never considered know, that. I just forgot. Yeah. No, I feel like I, I don't know when I, that I was ever explicitly taught that or told that. And I feel like that's something that we should know. Um, so thank you, Jen, yeah. for, you know, bringing the facts. Thanks, Google. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Google. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think with that, that is it for this week's episode. So I want to thank everyone so much for joining us this week. And we hope that you have a great rest of your week and we will talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Bye.